Welcome to Gabby, the marriage and family podcast where it will be okay. We are your hosts, marriage counselors Terrell and Tanisha Pugh. We are a family of nine who, after the death of our daughter, learned that life was going to be okay. And now we help other families in distress realize the same. Are you ready to heal? and learn that your marriage and family will be okay. Well, let's get started. Hello, this is Terrell Pugh, and thank you so much for listening to the Gabby Podcast. How would you like to do what you love, working with couples as a marriage coach or with individuals and families as a Christian counselor? Well, we can help you over at TNT. P-U-G-H dot com. That's T-N-T-P-U dot com. Hey, we'd love to help you get started today again working as a marriage coach or a Christian counselor. Head over to T-N-T-P-U dot com. Thank you. Welcome to another episode of Gabby. I am your host, Tanisha Pugh, and this is my wonderful co-host who's super happy <laughs> uh, for those of you uh, listening to the podcast, I'm just making silly faces here. Um, yeah. But I'm Terrell Pugh. I'm the co-host here along with my uh, beautiful wife. And so today, what are we uh, what are we talking about today? What, what are we going to get into? What's the uh, topic? So I know our last episode, we kind of uh, veered off path for a little bit. And we talked about love and how husbands and wives should uh, get into practicing um, the right way to love each other in communication. Mm -hmm. And so this week, we're going to go right back on task or right back on track, um, addressing trauma. Yes. Um, And uh, more specifically, we'll be talking about financial trauma. Mm, financial trauma. All right. I, I like this topic. And for those of you who have not catched um, some prior episodes, we did define what trauma was, I think, maybe about three or so episodes ago. So go back, check that episode out so you can fully understand what trauma is and and sort of how we're going to connect it to financial trauma. Mm-hmm. And the last episode, when we talked about love, uh, for those of you who were not following, mm-hmm. uh, love is an actual acronym. Okay, Mm -hmm. that we've developed, Mm -hmm. which is leave opinions, validate experience. And so that's the way in which couples communicate with each other. And um, go back and check that out. You'll get more information there. (laughs) You'll be sure to love it. (laughs) (laughs) I like like that. Nice spin. Nice spin. Um, But okay, so yes, financial trauma. Okay, before we get into sort of the nuts and bolts of this or the interactions and dynamics, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to bore us with a little bit of science, with a little bit of how this um, plays out in the brain. (laughs) Um, You wouldn't be Dr. T if you didn't. Yes, I know. Give us the science. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we before we before I do the science, um, what are some things that trigger financial trauma? Right. What's. Mm. What are those triggering points that trigger financial trauma? Wow. Well, it could be a variety of uh, different things. And as we know, um, trauma is not often uh, defined by an event, uh, but more so the response to a particular event. Um, some of the more most common, um, uh, uh, I guess, activating events that may spark uh, trauma in individuals um, could be sudden and unexpected loss financially. Um, so, you know, if you can take into account or take into consideration 
what we've just come through in 2020 mm. with uh, COVID-19. Yes. Um, many businesses had to close their doors. Um, and so the, uh, the people who worked with these companies were out of, out of jobs. Mm. Um, and so that could be, and then coupled that with what was actually happening, global pandemic, mm. um, that could be quite traumatic for, for individuals. Um, so again, sudden and unexpected loss financially. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. The other could also be um, uh, dis uh, an experience um, where you were deceived financially, whether mm. it's by uh, whether it was fraudulent or uh, maybe even uh, financial infidelity within your relationship. Financial uh, infidelity. Mm -hmm. So financial infidelity is a thing. It is. It is a cer it certainly is a thing, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what financial infidelity is, it's any time you, um, as a, a spouse, um, would uh, mishandle finances. Uh, perhaps you overspend and understate your spending to your spouse. Um, maybe you have secret bank accounts uh, mm. and your spouse know nothing of those bank accounts. Um, what if I have a bag of money that I hide under my mattress? If your spouse knows about it, then it won't be financial infidelity. Okay. But if your spouse <laughs> doesn't know about it and you're, you're doing it maliciously, you, you intend to keep that a secret uh, for one reason or another, it is a form of financial infidelity. Which brings me to a question I want to present to you, sure, sir. Sure, sure. Um, what if uh, a spouse, what if one person is married to a spouse who handles money really badly? Okay. And so because of that, um, the spouse who doesn't have those challenges decide to keep certain accounts private mm. um, or maybe say it's um, a savings account that accrue in interest over time or mm -hmm. maybe an investment account of sorts like a 401k or something like that um, would that be financial infidelity mm. uh, considering it's a protective decision so to mm. speak Right. Yeah. In instances like that, you know, and we're, we're talking about severe cases mm -hmm. where that happens. Right. So you're not just mishandling, you know, forty dollars here, fifty dollars here. We're talking about maybe you're blowing thousands of dollars mm -hmm. um, in that case. It is OK to be protective mm -hmm. of the family's finances. Mm -hmm. OK, because it, it would be akin to someone with a substance abuse problem mm. where you sort of have to put certain things in place yes. that won't allow for the downfall of the family right mm -hmm. that makes good sense yeah that yeah. makes good sense would you say then they would just need to be transparent that there is money that's been set aside yes um, okay absolutely All right. so transparency in that situation is still going to be key yeah um, I like that the, the spouse that has the spending or the mishandling of the money problem they're not going to be made privy to how to access those accounts Okay. Yeah. Okay. That mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, so yes. Yeah, so financial infidelity could spark mm -hmm. um, the onset of trauma in individuals. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I said fraud, sudden and unexpected loss, mm -hmm. um, financial infidelity, poverty. Uh, poverty. Oh, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Poverty, right? So, uh, and this is where you're going to kind of go and in, get into the science yeah, for us. Yeah. 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 Um, mm -hmm. Because. It, 
it never ceases to amaze me uh, when I see certain certain behaviors or habits or practices in particular individuals yes. and then I hear their backstory and these behaviors or habits would um, most often be related to their relationship with money yes um, then when they share their backstory I always get that aha it always connects mm. the dot mm-hmm. um, and what I mean by that is that and I, I guess you're gonna you're gonna give us that information mm-hmm. um, because poverty is one of those it's it's it when I see it it's it saddens my heart because yes. you know where it came from, mm-hmm. right? Um, and individuals would have to confront what's happening in order sure. to even begin doing the work. But I don't want to get too far into things. No, no, um, that's good. And I like that you said their relationship with money because, mm-hmm. you know, f- trauma distorts the relationship Financial trauma distorts the relationship, a healthy relationship that you would have with money. Yes. Just like trauma would distort a relationship that a person has with another person. So trauma distorts interpersonal relationships between Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And so trauma also has the power to distort a relationship with money as well. So it's the same thinking. We're just taking out the person and inputting money. money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So so what what exactly happens um, here? And so for those of you listening on a podcast, I apologize for this part of the podcast as you're as you're listening, because you can't see what I have here. I have my model brain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're looking at this on YouTube, you can see my model brain. I um, I like to bring out this brain when I do different illustrations. The brain comes apart. I can point to different parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. This, this is just really cool to have a brain, right? It gives you a visual. It gives you a visual. Um, to <laughs> kind of uh, connect the, uh, the, uh, the, the information yeah. you're providing. So yeah. that's perfect. And I love three it. brains are better than one, right? That's <laughs> Is that oh the same? Dear. Three brains are better than one. Ah, uh, no? yeah, yeah, you're funny. Yeah. It's an inside joke here. <laughs> I, I tend to mess up sayings, and uh, that's one of the sayings I messed up years ago. Years ago, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is your brain. Um, this is a really big brain here. Uh, but it is. Uh, I don't think it could fit in your head. No, it can't. Can it? Oh, this is heavy too. Forgot and it is heavy, yeah, yeah. But what what happens is there's different parts of your brain that handles uh, different pieces of information. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, for the sake of our conversation, you know, we're going to oversimplify things. Okay. Uh, what you have is you have the frontal lobe, which mm-hmm. is the the front part of your brain. Yeah, goes like mm-hmm. that. It's the part that covers, right? That's mm-hmm. right. And then we have your uh, temporal lobe and your temporal lobe is think of it like the so let me turn it on a video here this is your temporal lobe down here it's towards the bottom of the brain um, mm-hmm. sort of in the middle of the brain as well mm-hmm. uh, but it's those two regions that play a part specifically um, two parts of those regions that I'll mention in a, in a moment that play a part when we're talking about trauma and money Okay. Okay. And for those of you listening, I want you to think of your brain. Think of your hand. If you take your hand and you make you hold up your hand as five fingers Mm -hmm. and then you take your thumb and you make four fingers and you put your thumb against your palm. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the limbic system, part of your brain that I'll I'll be talking about in a moment. Mm -hmm. And then your four fingers fold your four fingers over your thumb Mm -hmm. and that's going to be your frontal lobe. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's going to be another part of the brain. That I'm going to talk about. Okay. Your frontal lobe cov- covers your limbic system. 
Okay. Okay. Your frontal lobe is responsible for um, for reasoning. It's mm -hmm. responsible for making sense of things. It's mm -hmm. it's that rational part of your brain, mm -hmm. and your limbic system. It's responsible for a lot of things, but more commonly associated with your emotions. Yes. Okay. And one particular part of your limbic system is known as your amygdala. Yeah. That's responsible for a lot of Ooh. those fight or flight responses. Small little thing responsible for a lot that goes on in our body, huh? Yes, <laughs> yes. So a lot of your emotional responses are going to come from that um, uh, amygdala, that fight or flight. Yes. Now, this is what I'm going to say uh, to make an, an illustration out of this. Mm-hmm. Financial trauma causes your brain to be at war with itself. Ooh. And what I mean by that is there's three parts of the brain that I'm going to mention. Two are in the limbic system. One is in the frontal lobe. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as part of your limbic system, you have the nucleus uh, accumbens. Mm -hmm. That part of your brain is responsible for the um, increase of dopamine whenever you receive a reward mm. so when you spend money mm -hmm. that can make you feel good mm -hmm. and so you receive a reward doesn't okay? make me feel good when i spend money now what's look. wrong with me <laughs> now <laughs> i'm kidding so so you say it doesn't make you feel good but the initial sensation is a dopamine release the initial okay. sensation is your brain telling you this feels good mm. but another part of your limbic system which is your amygdala mm -hmm. that's the part that tells you it it's not good. Yeah. That's your fight or flight response. Mm. Now, trauma messes that up. Mm. Okay. Trauma basically says wow. if you spend this money, you may die. Now, wow. I, I say that because uh, that's one of the values that we have that we associate with money. Mm. So money has to have a value. And the mm -hmm. way in which our brains interpret that value, mm -hmm. okay, is... The value of life, money can either, either add to our life, mm -hmm. it could take away from our life, mm -hmm. depending on how we handle it or mishandle it, okay. or it can create social connections, mm. okay? Mm. Meaning, Interesting. Mm -hmm. Meaning it could give us friends, yeah. ha or maybe it can cause friends to walk away. It, that makes me think of a Proverbs. <laughs> ah, yes. There is a proverb that actually says, wealth will produce many friends, but poverty, it, it, something like it will chase them away, something like that. Um, I know what you're talking Is that in Ecclesiastes or Proverbs? No, it's a Proverbs. It's Proverbs? It's okay. a Proverbs. And, uh, oh, my goodness, I think this is so interesting. <laughs> so I always thought that was a harsh, harsh uh, but it's But it's true. One it of the is. values we place to money is it gives us, um, so it connects us socially. Social status, right? That's yeah, right. so Proverbs 19.4, it's real, ah. guys. It says, wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. So mm. ooh, you gotta, we got to talk about that a little bit when you get done with the um, technical side. Go ahead, continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but this, is, this is what happens. So yeah. when we look at money, we just don't see money, mm -hmm. okay? We see value. Mm -hmm. Is this going to add to me? Is this going to take away or is this going to provide me with some sort of uh, social status? Right. Okay? Right. And so trauma comes in and it distorts the messages. Mm. Now, the distortion of the messages happens in our frontal lobe. OK. And our frontal lobe, hmm. the uh, ventral. Med what is it? The uh, ventral. 
um, medial. Okay. Okay. Couldn't couldn't remember, but the ventral medial mm-hmm. is the part of your brain responsible for managing emotions. Think of it as like the common sense mm. part of your brain. Okay. And that common sense part of your brain can become distorted if you experience poverty, if you've experienced poor money management from maybe your parents, your caregivers, or maybe mm-hmm. from your something immediate that has happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, we have three things going on mm-hmm. in your brain right mm-hmm. now. Okay. We have your ventral medial mm-hmm. saying you should be a, a, a good manager of your money. Okay. Remember Based the frontal. The messages you've received, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at the same time, mm-hmm. it could be those messages can be distorted from what you've experienced. So right. let's say let's say you go to the store when you were younger, mm-hmm. you were a child. Yeah. And your mother gives you, I don't know, enough money to buy milk and bread. Yeah. And then when you come back from the store, she asks you for every single penny mm-hmm. that may send the message to you that money is scarce mm-hmm. and you have to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. So that becomes a message. Mm-hmm. Right. As you get older, you learn that you should be a good money manager. That's right. And that becomes a message. That's right. That's right. And so we know that a large part of our our worldview when we become adults, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that is derived from our early uh, the early mi- the messages we received in our early stage of development. Exactly. So okay. And a lot okay. of that, a lot of those messages, um, comes out from our frontal lobe. Okay, it comes okay. out from when we think about our identity, when we think about um, ourselves, when we think about our goals. Yeah. Um, hmm. Again, we're engaging our ventral medial mm-hmm. part of our brain. Okay. So all of that starts an argument in your brain. Okay. It starts an argument with your amygdala. Okay. Because your amygdala is the Emotion. fight or uh-huh. fight, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And the dopamine mm-hmm. is the instigator. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so think about it like this. I go out to the store, and this is if I have uh, financial trauma. Now, okay. if I don't have financial trauma, this may not be the scenario for you. Mm-hmm. But I go out to the store, and I spend $100 on something mm-hmm. because it feels good. This is my money. I've made it. It feels good for me to make it, and it feels good for me to spend it. Mm-hmm. Right. So the so dopamine says, "Go spend your money." Mm-hmm. Okay. The nucleus uh, um, uh, accumbens mm-hmm. says, "Go out and spend your money," mm-hmm. and you feel good. Neurologically, you feel good. Mm-hmm. But then immediately after, or sometime after, your uh, amygdala, mm-hmm. fight or flight, says, "You just spent a hundred dollars. We're gonna die." Mm. (laughs) because we know what poverty is like Mm. we know what it's like for money to be scarce yeah right we know what it's like for money to be mismanaged Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and then your uh ventral medial comes in and says yeah you should really be managing your money better (laughs) and now you start to feel anxiety Mm -hmm. around money now you start to feel guilty because of what has happened Mm -hmm. and now you become fearful from what has happened hmm. and all of that goes in a cycle and guess what your brain does in order to get out of that cycle hmm. tell us <laughs> it goes back to the nucleus accumbens mm-hmm. in order to receive a dopamine release hmm. so you can feel good but in order to feel good you have to spend more money oh dear and so you get trapped in that cycle and you go over, you go through that loop over and over and over again. Wow. 
Does that make sense? I hope I hope that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Mm -hmm. It makes good sense. Yeah. And so that's your brain on financial trauma. Mm. And the way out of it is you have to begin to engage that ventral medial part of your brain more mm -hmm. that is responsible for a lot of the messages. Mm -hmm. So you have to start challenging some of those messages that you believe mm -hmm. behind your behaviors with money. I see. I mm -hmm. see. Wow, this is good stuff. Yeah. This is good stuff. All right. I don't like it. It's not good stuff. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. you know, I think I hope that this is uh, connecting with someone out there mm -hmm. who's listening. Um, because, I, I, you know, sometimes when you understand what's happening, mm -hmm. um, the mechanics uh, underneath what you're um, what you're seeing afterwards. Yeah. Right. It can help you better intervene. Right. Um, and so uh, that's our hope. That, yeah. that this yeah. is help will help you with that. All right. So let's talk more about some of those some of those behaviors. Yes. Right. And and then a lot of this will start to make even more sense when we talk about the behaviors as we insert it into what I explained with how the brain works. OK. So let's talk about maybe an avoidant behavior. That's a sign that you have um, financial trauma. Avoidant mm. behaviors um, could mean you avoid talking about money. Okay, it could mean you avoid um, just dealing with money altogether, thinking about managing it. You avoid it in your cognition. Yeah. And so when you handle it or you, you get it, um, you just sort of, you know, pay things, don't really think about it too much. I don't want to look at my bank account. <laughs> and a lot of people exist in this space. They oh don't know boy. what their bank account looks like mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they have an avoidant relationship with money. And that's from the trauma, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one sign, okay. avoidant behavior. Okay. Um, another, well, yes, go ahead. No, 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 no. So just to clarify, these are um, behaviors or habits that are observable, that you can observe yes. in individuals who have in, um, experienced financial trauma. Yes. All right. So avoidance is one. Right, right. avoidance. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what then when I name them, we can, you know, go back and discuss yeah, them. Yeah. Um, but another one is um, overspending, mm. right? And, and that can be linked to a compulsion mm -hmm. where individuals just spend. They don't think about it. And they mm. overspend and they're constantly blowing their, their budget. I mean, they don't necessarily have a budget. And if they do, they <laughs> blow it. Right. But there can be a reverse of that where they underspend as well because they're afraid Right. So they don't have that healthy relationship. So they hoard. Right. So that would be the opposite opposite of compulsion, mm -hmm. which is another characteristic. But the opposite of that would be hoarding. Mm -hmm. you know, I, this is mine. Like Scrooge McDuck. If any one of you are familiar with DuckTales, Scrooge <laughs> McDuck had the vault full of gold coins and he oh. would swim around in it. <laughs> and he was really stingy, which is why his name was Scrooge oh, McDuck. Boy. Yes, yes, yes. So mm -hmm. hoarding, hoarding or overspending. Okay, yeah. okay. That's right, hoarding, overspending, compulsion. Mm -hmm. um, also the idea or the philosophy that um, I don't like money, that money is bad. Mm. You know, we see that a lot too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes individuals misquote the scripture by saying, um, uh, for the money is the root of all evil, <laughs> right? Well, that's not quite what the scriptures say. Exactly. <laughs> it's, what is the scripture? It's the love of money, mm -hmm. which is the root of all evil. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's another characteristic. So you can either love money mm -hmm. so much that it 
You think it's going to get you security. You think it's going to get you social status. You think it's going to get you all those things that you lack inside. Right, or you become ruthless mm -hmm. for the sake of acquiring as much money as you can. Right. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then again, the far side of that is you don't like it, mm -hmm. right? You say, no, 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 I don't, I don't like money. I don't want to make money. I want to be... Um, I want to live a, a complete minimalistic life and nothing against those who want to live minimalistically. Yeah. They're content. They're content, mm -hmm. right. But mm -hmm. that's a difference between the idea of I don't like money. Right. Especially right. living in a system where, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you need money just to buy food. That's right. That's right. right. Um, Some may even get offended when they're amongst those who um, value making money. <laughs> exactly. Um, or have a desire uh, to build wealth. Mm -hmm. And there has never been a scripture anywhere that talks about um, Christians or believers not building wealth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So. And so let, let's use that for example. I think that's perfect mm -hmm. because I do know that there's a lot of Christians, myself being a Christian, right? And mm -hmm. even myself having this mentality. So you confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is your Lord. I and confess Savior. that the Lord Jesus Christ is my yes. Lord and Savior. That's I do right. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but to use this, right? So the yes. idea that you're not supposed to be wealthy and you're not supposed to have money, mm -hmm. um, that is a product of financial trauma. Yes. That's a product that can be a product of poverty. Mm -hmm. It could be a product of seeing money mismanaged as a child or maybe even mismanaging the money yourself. Right. Or even um, coming from a place where there was a lot of money and attributing yes. it to perhaps a lot of bad things that you might have experienced mm -hmm. growing up. Because uh, some people come from wealth, um, but because of maybe uh, greed or maybe some of the ruthless behavior they might might have um, witnessed in mm -hmm. in family members um, from family members. They may uh, just um, you know conclude that I want nothing to do with money, and that's a result of the them being traumatized by their experience. That's right, and so to tie that back to some of the um, brain activity that I was speaking about earlier, mm -hmm. what happens is so they take that they take that message right that message that money is not good, that being wealthy or acquiring wealth mm -hmm. is not good. Mm -hmm. And that distorted message becomes part of their um, frontal lobe thinking, their, their rational thought or yeah. their rational thinking. It's, yeah. it's a message. It's now a core belief. It's a core belief, Oof. right. Yeah. And so because money, mm -hmm. the way the brain sees money mm -hmm. and there's just no way around this. Mm -hmm. This is how we're. This is how we are culturally, um, and biologically or neurologically wired. Mm -hmm. Because the brain sees money mm -hmm. as value, as a mm -hmm. type of value, either a death value, mm -hmm. a life value, or a social value. Mm -hmm. What that message is going to do to your amygdala, mm -hmm. that fight or flight mm -hmm. part of your brain. Mm -hmm. When you are acquiring money, let's say that's what's happening. When you are acquiring money, mm -hmm. it's going to trigger your amygdala mm -hmm. to, in this case, it might trigger it to freeze, mm -hmm. right? It's fight, flight. It's more than fight or flight, right? Fight, fight flight, flight, fawn, freeze. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's going to trigger some sort of survival response. Yes. Because it's going against 
whatever that core belief is. Yes. And this core belief and even you um, kind of uh, giving language to what's happening um, uh, neurologically is so important because oftentimes we look to change our behavior and we mm-hmm. wonder, well, I tried, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I, but it doesn't seem to be consistent, um, you know, and that's because we haven't uncovered, unveiled what's actually underneath. Our behaviors are a result of our core core beliefs, our core yeah. values, yeah. our philosophy, um, and so you need to remove that um, uh, that that bad information that you acquired over time about money and put in new information about money in order for any change that you attempt to make behaviorally to stick. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And so those those beliefs. Mm-hmm. So so trauma can impact the brain almost instantly. Wow. It has the power to restructure your brain. Wow. Instantly. Wow. Okay, when I say restructure, I'm referring to it 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 actually takes um the neurons mm-hmm. and creates pathways, neurological yes. pathways in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And it could also happen over a long period of time through childhood you know, mm-hmm. adolescent and adulthood as well. That's right. I think I remember a time where you shared um, some information about trauma's effect on the brain mm-hmm. and how there was this part in the brain um, that if uh, an individual in childhood suffered a traumatic event, mm-hmm. there's a thinning that happens. Do you remember that? Yeah, there's a thinning of the gray matter ah. on, in the brain, mm. okay, mm. Um, which can, you know, literally shrink the size of the brain wow now we're not talking about significantly here yeah, but it's yeah. measurable yeah trauma yeah. is measurable you can measure trauma in the brain wow um but yeah so this message mm-hmm. the the way you get rid of these messages right yes. so um, you know i'm sure those are listening they're like okay well how do i change that thinking mm-hmm. you change it the same way it was formed Mm-hmm. Yeah, which brings us to mm-hmm. neuroplasticity, right? That's right. Um, where you rewire, you can actually retrain your brain, rewire your brain. That's right. Those same neurological pathways that got established from the intaking of bad information um, and, and created these broad highways and pathways uh, where immediately when you get a message, it's traveling down that same pathway, traveling down that same pathway. Mm. You can, with acquiring new information, healthy information about money, change that route. That's right. Change the route of that, that neurological pathway. But it takes intentionality Mm -hmm. it takes you first going out and um, getting new information like you're doing so we applaud you for (laughs) tuning into this episode and uh, sitting through the entire thing go ahead no no absolutely and Mm -hmm. and so to sum that up it has to be habitual yes because the messages that you received Mm -hmm. were habitual that's 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 how those messages became part of your brain structure yeah habits are literally you know, literally speaking, mm-hmm. they're neurological pathways in your brain. That's what a habit is. Yeah. Think yeah. of think of a habit as that trail in the woods mm-hmm. that when you go there, yeah, you see it's like a dirt pathway. You can tell someone has walked there before. Yeah. And so you travel that same path instead mm-hmm. of walking in the grass. Mm-hmm. Well, habits are formed when you do that. And mm-hmm. those p- pathways in the forest or wherever, 
side of the road if you're in Georgia, (laughs) are formed because people travel that frequently. In order to change trauma, especially financial trauma, and change some of these negative and unproductive ways of of handling money, Mm -hmm. you have to develop healthy habits. You have to develop new pathways. Yes, yes. And a healthy habit, Mm -hmm. for example... I mean, we teach our children to save money inside of a piggy bank. Yes, that's right. <laughs> could be just that simple. That's right. Um, for married folk, uh, it could be, you know what? We're going to regularly have money meetings. That's right. We're going to sit down every week, maybe on Saturday night, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about our money. We're going to talk about our bills, our debt. We're t- going to talk about uh, what we have coming in, and we're yes. going to set some goals, and we're going to follow up on those goals every week. That's right. I remember growing up in our in Jamaica, we lived in the um, countryside, and uh, we didn't have electricity. My uncle had uh, what we used to call a Delco. Uh, I now find found out, yeah, that ah. it's a generator that's made by a company named Delco. <laughs> but we, I didn't know that then. Um, and so he would get gas, and he would gas up, and he would um, use that to kind of give us power for a certain amount of time, and. Um, in addition to that, not having power, we had one television uh, that were that that served my grandmother's house, my uncle's house, my mom who lived with my grandmother at the time, and so all of the cousins, all of the family members would gather at that house, um, and uh, where when we have power from the from the generator from the Delco, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to watch TV, and so. Uncle Johnny, that's my uncle, would fire that thing up every day at practically the same time. And when he would do that, it would be right around when a particular soap opera, too, uh, would be on TV. It would be the bold and the beautiful and the young and the restless. (laughs) So imagine me as a child growing up. That's what everyone did, boys included, not just girls. The boys, the cousin, the boy cousins, they were watching it. And I can attest to that. As an American man, Mm -hmm. I detest soap operas (laughs) but when i went to jamaica i I realized that you know a lot of the men were were watching soap operas because that was like the only thing available to you on television and we're talking about this was like in the 90s yes that's right that's right eight well 90s and and you know earlier exactly i share that experience because i wanted to make a point that supports these uh neurological pathways that get built get that gets established in our brains so I moved to to America, mm-hmm. age 11, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to watch soap operas. So yeah. I continued that trend, figured out what time Bold and the Beautiful and Young and the Restless would come would be on, on TV. And I did that. And there were times when I even, um, when I, I gave my heart for real, for real, because I gave my heart to Christ at nine years old. <laughs> but I kept doing it over and over again. Um and there were times where I thought, well, I shouldn't be watching soap operas as a believer. And I'd make a decision to stop. But then I'd go back. Then I'd stop. Um, and then I'd go back. And it wasn't until we went to school mm. and learned new information yes. about what, yes. how habits are formed and what you have to do to break out of them. That's right. And so now I can say I've been soap opera free for over 10, 15 years. <laughs> and look, if, if you watch soap operas. It's totally fine, guys. Uh, that was religious. That was a religious uh, mindset to think God's going to get you if you watch soap operas. Right. Unless but God tell you not to watch it. Now, listen, what may be a sin for you 
well, we know what the common sins are, but you know what I mean. It's sin for you to hear instruction from the Holy Spirit and not follow it. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Plain and simple. Yes. Plain and simple. Yes. So the moral, moral of that story is that this thing right here, yeah. um, which is the brain, mm -hmm. it has the ability to grow. But the only way it grows is with new information. Yes. And new information must be habitual. So yes. if you want to change some of this, it must be habit. That's right. You know, you maybe think mm -hmm. of another thing, mm -hmm. which are individuals who get sucked into workaholism. Mm. You know, workaholism, believe it or not, is also another sign of financial trauma. Yes. And I can say I'm guilty of that. I am a Jamaican. I know what poverty was like. And I, I, I know my trust is in God. Uh, and he makes a way for me to have multiple jobs. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to deal with that off <laughs> off air. Right? <laughs> but um, but yes, yes, that I mean, I think that one is obvious. Right. Individuals yeah. who are workaholics have a fear. Mm -hmm. Their amygdala. Mm -hmm. Right. Their flight or flight response. Part of their brain yeah. is telling them you must work or you will die. And, yeah. I, and I say that because that's really the message. You, you, you know, my, you may not tell yourself that right. I'm going to die. Right. But what happens is if you stop working, you don't mm -hmm. get paid. If you yeah. don't get paid, the, your lights will get cut off because you can't yeah. pay your bills. Yeah. You may not be able to buy food. And if all of those things happen all at once at the wrong time, you can you can starve to death. You can be out in the cold. And so the message, the primitive message that we get mm -hmm. is the message of death. Yeah. Because our brain thinks yeah. of it in that way. Right. Again, the brain right. looks at money as a value. Yeah. Life, death, or um, social acceptance. Correct. You know, as you were kind of um, um, uh, just kind of giving that breakdown of uh, the process that you go through, if I don't work, I don't pay my bill, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. I can distinctively remember, um, cause, you know, when I moved here, 11 I was living with my dad and I'll say that he he worked hard and he provided a good life for us mm -hmm. um, and so I didn't um, I think that helped me heal a little bit or at least put that to uh, it, it was uh, what do you call it when mm -hmm. a gene isn't um, active or recessive yes yeah, so it kind of went to the background so that mm -hmm. was no longer a fear i wasn't making decisions mm -hmm. from that place um between the age of 11 to about 18 or 19 or dormant dormant, uh, yeah. dormant there dormant. you go yeah. right it was dormant <laughs> correct there yeah. you go that mm -hmm. message was dormant of the 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 impact of poverty in jamaica um did not show up mm -hmm. during those early years for me when i was here um and 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 really mm -hmm. quickly to insert the reason why it did not show up mm -hmm. is because you needed a trigger. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's exactly what I was getting at. So um, after I left my my father's house and uh, we wed, um, I'll never forget. It was even before we wed. I was I had a job and I was in school and um, I remember I had rented um, a room in Queens, and I remember coming to the realization that I was responsible for my food, <laughs> for my rent, mm -hmm. to make sure I have a place to live, and to travel back and forth to work. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh my goodness, so if I don't work one week, I may not have enough money to pay for all of these things. 
Yeah. And I remember it being a terrifying thing. Mm. Um, but even then, I don't think um, it was as impactful, uh, that realization. But that was the start of it because it made an imprint. It, I remember yeah. it, right? Um, and then we moved forward in life. We wed and, you know, there, there were, there, there were really great messages that I had received from, from my dad, um, because we went forward and we purchased a car, we mm -hmm. purchased a home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there were certain things that we, we knew were within our reach and we went after it. Yes. And those were good messages that were at play there. Right. Um, and then in about 2007, and this is where mm -hmm. it was activated, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, this was the activating event um, that triggered that trauma. Um, so much happened. That's when we, we had our um, sudden unexpected loss of our daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and then it just seemed like things just kept happening right after that. Yeah. We had to sell our home. Um, our second home mm -hmm. was in foreclosure. We had to voluntarily surrender our vehicle. And um, that was a very terrifying time. Yes. And I think that triggered something in me because it was about that time um, that I made the decision that I'm going to always contribute or help um, my husband any way that I can. Um, and I will say, in the very beginning of our marriage, darling, you worked single-handedly for a good two to three years mm -hmm. yeah. and allowed me to be a stay-at-home mom, which was such a blessing. Thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> I'll always be grateful well, for that. Well, you're Jamaican. I wouldn't have been able to keep you from working anyway. <laughs> it's true, because <laughs> while he was doing that, uh, I, I found some work-at-home things to do. <laughs> it's true. Um, but, but at least for the first couple of years, I did not. I didn't work. Um, mm -hmm. But I saw the weight and, you know, anyway, that, that goes without saying. Um, but that was the triggering event. Yeah. And I think yeah. from there, while I... Um, I'm managing. Um, I can honestly say there are um, there. It's it, it's still a work in progress from uh, myself. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as as you're talking, I wanted to share another sort of example of how some of these traumatic behaviors can come out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when couples start to experience some of these financial woes, mm -hmm. one spouse may then initiate money conversations, mm -hmm. um, money management, or whatever that may be. And then mm -hmm. you may experience avoidant behavior. Yeah. Okay. Now, the reason why the avoidant behavior is there, mm -hmm. again, remember, money to the brain is value. Yeah. And so you have to ask yourself, am I applying the value of life, mm. death, or some sort of social aspect to this? Mm. Avoidant behavior can sometimes be connected to a social uh, evaluation. Meaning, mm. if if I, and as irrational as this may sound, this mm -hmm. is still what the brain says. Mm -hmm. If I um, sit down and have these money meetings and mm -hmm. talk about money, mm -hmm. then that's an indication that I've failed at mm. managing money. Mm -hmm. Then I actually have to admit that I'm a bad money manager. Mm -hmm. And socially, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel socially to say um, good acceptable. to say I have not been managing my money right. because then what are people going to think? Right. What is my spouse going to think? What mm -hmm. are other people going to say? Yeah. And so that's how that's related to the social aspect, which causes the avoidant behavior. 
Okay. But yeah. Okay. There's um and there's there's so many examples, but I want to make sure we fully understand mm-hmm. how that comes out. Okay. And um yeah yeah. So remember, the way you change this is you start to build habits. Okay. That's yes. The number one way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I can throw a second one in there, mm-hmm. is challenge all of the messages that you've received. You know, go back and start doing some trauma work. Mm. Um, what messages have I received about money? Yeah. You know, did my mother make her make me give her every penny when I came from the store? Hmm. Maybe that taught me that money was scarce. Yeah. Did my parents was I born with a silver spoon? You know, <laughs> and you know, no, no disrespect to anyone who was. Right. But has that given me a distorted understanding that um, that I endless. don't need to manage money mm-hmm. because it's endless. Yeah. Right. You know, so you have to be very careful with with a lot of these things. Yeah. 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 So I would say, you know, if you are listening to this and you're thinking um, to yourself, yeah, you know, I have all kinds of stuff <laughs> wrong with me with regards to how I, I, I handle money or my relationship with money is kind of off skelter. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's a great place to start. That's right. Um, taking an honest look at um, at that relationship with money. Um, and, you know, then I want you to move to the next step of talking to somebody about it. That's right. Just like any any problem, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about, um, it says that I think it's in the New Testament, that we go, um, we go to God for forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, but we go to people um, for healing. Yeah. Uh, we confess our faults one to another. That's right. Scripture says so that we may be healed. Um, so talk to somebody. Uh, and if you're married, talk to your spouse, be honest and open, um, with them. And, uh, and then, you know, if you need to seek therapy, seek therapy, there are actual financial therapists That's out right. there. That's right. Um, we do some financial planning, uh, with our clients. We, uh, we help with uh, helping you uncover what some of the underlying causes may be mm-hmm. um, that's resulting in a poor money relationship. Um, and so you can you can reach out to us. We'd be more than happy to work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yes, seek, get the help that you need. Don't sit in it by yourself and don't um, allow this cycle to continue another day. Um, now that you have this new information, I'd also challenge you to learn more. Uh, you know, get more information. Um, information does change our brain. I can attest to it. <laughs> I've seen couples come in for counseling, and they've been with us maybe one or two years, and they transform because they're Amen. taking in new information, which is then informing their decisions, and those decisions become habits and practices, and eventually they find that they have new philosophies. That's right. All right, so... Take in new information. That's that would right. be my counsel. Uh, coming from one person who uh, has handled money poorly and is growing to handle money better. Um, so I'm no, I'm not uh, new to this piece. So please, <laughs> please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember, you know, the word of God encourages you to, to do this. Yeah. You know, when you renew your mind, you literally renew your mind. Yeah. You, you really do. Wow. Um, God's word is so true like that just like i know i know this one mm-hmm. yeah i know i knew this scripture renew your mind like 
boom, that's yeah. neuroplasticity. That's right. And, you know, there, there's a branch oh of science, neuroscience, that focuses my on. My God. Hallelujah. Um, I'm sorry. That was just a no. moment. That was good. That was so no, good. No, that's good. That's that good. That was good. But there's a wow. branch of science that focuses on neurogenesis, mm-hmm. and that's the creation of new neurons mm. when information is obtained. Mm. Um, and, but that's, that's scriptural. You know, because your mind gets renewed and you start yeah. to little think differently. Wow. Because you have new neurons. Wow. And so, yeah, yeah. I tell you, what other gems are in the word of God? Yes. Huh. <sighs> but all right, guys, we're going to wrap things up here. Okay. And, um, you know, it feels like the time went by quick. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but we can continue talking about this. Um, if you have any questions, please um, post them in the comments. Send us an email, info at ariseandlive.com. Yes. Um, or listen to the end of this podcast and you'll get some more information that way as well. Yes. Thank right. you so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you listened all the way through to the end um, and were able to take away some really great nuggets from this. That's right. And uh, we hope you'll join us again um, and watching or listening to the Gabby podcast where it will be okay. Amen. <laughs> it will be okay. Yes. God bless you. Hello, this is Terrell Pugh, and thank you so much for listening to the Gabby Podcast. How would you like to do what you love, working with couples as a marriage coach or with individuals and families as a Christian counselor? Well, we can help you over at TNTPUGH.com. That's TNTPUGH.com. Hey, we'd love to help you get started today again working as a marriage coach or a Christian counselor. Head over to tntpew.com. Thank you.